Bam 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 Hey everybody! <laughs> Welcome every time. No, I want to keep that in because Lisa burped to begin, which feels right. But you laugh every time I do it. Yeah. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. That's Lisa Linky. That's Misty Stanek. And this is the podcast where we read hardcore self-help books. And we review, is it on a scale of practical petty to woo-woo Wanda? <laughs> get ready to get seriously hurt. No, I had something like, your ego will get obliterated in this podcast. What are, what are those What are those commercials that it's like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Thank you. And it just makes me think of like the Instagram filter with the fire that's like, <laughs> the but, rock music. But for real, this is our podcast, yo. And um, <laughs> Thank you, yo. I am Lisa Linky, and that is Misty Stinnett. Thank you. And we are, uh, we're into like the 20s, Misty. He, this is our. This will be uh, our twenty-first full book. episode. But if you count minisodes, we're in the forties, yeah. which is crazy. Like, it just time is a flat circle. You know what is crazy mm. is that for all the people who have told us they they love us yeah. and they love this podcast, <laughs> only about twenty some have actually. Um, written a review, and only about 40-some have clicked on that five-star rating. Yeah, or if you don't want to give us five stars, that's cool, y'all. You can give Just us a one-star. I'll take a one-star. We'll take, well, I mean, we prefer more stars than one. I'll take one, a lone star. Like, yeah, um... Just a friendly reminder, like, subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps people find us in searches. And we are so thrilled for everybody um, who's left us a rating and review. It's so fun to read. And we just want to thank everybody who's done that so far because it's really helpful. Yeah, if you've done that, you're our favorite. And if you haven't, you're dead to us. That's right. Stop listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, Misty. Lise. In honor of breaking into the 20s, you've decided to take a departure from normal (laughs) course. So there's a topic I've wanted to cover for a really long time, but to my knowledge, there's not yet uh, books written about it. I mean, I'm sure there are, but... Is it your butt? It's my butt. I'm so glad. I've been wanting to talk about this. It's just like burning Mm. inside. Mm -hmm. Just like clenching the stress. Okay. Well, you need to let it out. You need to just rip one and let it out. We're going to have Maximus fun here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I really feel glute about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once you hit rock bottom, Uh you know Uh what I mean? You just got to lunge your way forward. We've been bums for too long. (laughs) Thank you. Come on, let's pop a squat and let's talk about it. That's right. You've just got to, you know, this episode's going to be a gas. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I say. Yeah. And you can thinkter with your sphincter. Okay. So um, moving on. Yeah. So I want to talk about today, Lisa, the mental load. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's also sometimes referred to as emotional labor. But sometimes it's not just about emotions. Um, It's about the mental load. So when I first read this article, this is from Harper's Bazaar in 2017, um, it blew my mind because I it was one of those um, wonderful moments where I felt like I finally had language 
to put to a something I had never been able to articulate but had been feeling for a really long time. So if it's okay with you, I'm actually going to read the article. It's I, not super long. Listen, my mom will hate that I'm going to say this, but I can't wait for you to read an article I can't to wait. Me. And I've made sure to stay sick so that you all can listen to it with um, maximum listen, I voice don't capacity. I know why you assume that because you're under the weather that I don't like listening to you. Oh, no. I just mean, I mean, I don't know. We've we've recorded several episodes while I'm sick. So maybe this is just how my voice sounds now. I hope everyone's on board. Listen, you sound great. Thank you. You, re- you have an adorable voice. You <laughs> have a sexy you. voice. And now your voice is a little bit different. I like your voice however it is. I, thank you. Yeah. That's so nice of you to say. I'm going to choose to accept that. Thank you. And also, don't take it personally. Let it go. Don't it's take not it personally. About you. That's right. Thank you. It's not about me. So, um... This is from September 27th, 2017, and Harper's Harper's Bazaar. I'll put the link in show notes. And the title is, Women Aren't Nags, We're Just Fed Up. Emotional labor is the unpaid job men still don't understand. I love this article. And I will say that that um, title and byline is gendered. So if you're in a non-heteronormative relationship or you don't identify as male or female specifically or you're more fluid or, or you're a male you're, nag and you and you own that. Thank you. Yeah, I think that this is relevant to anybody who carries mm-hmm. a lot of the um mental load. And listen, in any in relationship, homeless. in any family, yeah. in any unit, there is somebody who ends up carrying a lot of this. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so um, this author just brilliantly put it to words. So um, I'm going to dive in, but please jump in if anything I'm resonates. I'm going to sit back, relax, and let my captain do the flying. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like you were born in the wrong era. Ding. Ding, ding. Everybody, you got a cigarette for this airplane? Because that's what we're doing. Okay, so here's the article. For Mother's Day, I asked for one thing. A house cleaning service. Bathrooms and floors specifically. Windows if the extra expense was reasonable. The gift for me was not so much in the cleaning itself, but the fact that for once, I would not be in charge of the household office work. I would not have to make the calls, get multiple quotes, research and vet each service, arrange payment, and schedule the appointment. The real gift I wanted was to be relieved of the emotional labor of a single task that had been nagging at the back of my mind. The clean house would simply be a bonus. My husband waited for me to change my mind to an easier gift than house cleaning, something he could one-click order on Amazon. Disappointed by my unwavering desire, the day before Mother's Day, he called a single service, decided they were too expensive, and vowed to clean the bathrooms himself. He still gave me the choice, of course. He told me the high dollar amount of completing the cleaning services I requested, since I control the budget, and asked incredulously if I still wanted him to book it. What I wanted was for him to ask friends on Facebook for a recommendation, call four or five more services, do the emotional labor I would have done if the job had fallen to me. I had wanted to hire out deep cleaning for a while, especially since my freelance work had picked up considerably. The reason I hadn't done it yet was part guilt over not doing my housework and an even larger part of not wanting to deal with the work of hiring a service. I knew exactly how exhausting it was going to be. That's why I asked my husband to do it as a gift. According to Dr. Michelle Ramsey, Associate Professor of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Penn State Berks, emotional labor is often conflated with problem-solving. 
quote, The gendered assumption is that men are the problem solvers because women are too emotional, end quote, she explains. To continue the quote, but who is really solving the bulk of the world's problems at home and in the office, end quote. As the household manager for my husband and three kids, I'm fairly certain I know the answer. I was gifted a necklace for Mother's Day while my husband stole away to deep clean the bathrooms, leaving me to care for our children as the rest of the house fell in total disarray. In his mind, he was doing the thing I had most wanted, giving me sparkling bathrooms without having to do it myself, which is why he was frustrated when I ungratefully passed by, not looking at his handiwork as I put away his shoes, shirt, and socks that had been left on the floor. I stumbled over the box of gift wrap he had pulled off a high shelf two days earlier and left in the center of our closet. In order to put it back, I had to get a kitchen chair and drag it into our closet so I could reach the shelf where it belonged. Quote, All you have to do is ask me to put it back, he said, watching me struggle. It was obvious that the box was in the way, that it needed to be put back. It would have been easy for him to just reach up and put it away, but instead he had stepped around it, willfully ignoring it for two days. It was up to me to tell him that he should put away something he got out in the first place. That's the point, I said, now in tears. I don't want to have to ask. The crying, the snapping at him, it all required damage control. I had to tell him how much I appreciated the bathroom cleaning, but perhaps he could do it another time, like when our kids were in bed. Then I tried to gingerly explain the concept of emotional labor, that I was the manager of the household, and that being manager was a lot of thankless work. Delegating work to other people, i.e. telling him to do something he should instinctively know to do, is exhausting. I tried to tell him that I noticed the box at least 20 times over the past two days. He had noticed it only when I was heaving it onto the top shelf instead of asking for help. The whole explanation took a lot of restraint. Walking that fine line to keep the peace and not upset your partner is something women are taught to accept as their duty from an early age. In general, we gender emotions in our society by continuing to reinforce the false idea that women are always naturally and biologically able to feel, express, and manage our emotions better than men, says Dr. Lisa Hubner, a sociologist of gender who both publishes and teaches on the subject of emotional labor at Westchester University of Pennsylvania. This is not to say that some individuals do not manage emotion better than others as part of their own individual personality, but I would argue that we still have no firm evidence that this ability is biologically determined by sex. At the same time, and I would argue because it is not a natural difference, we find all kinds of ways in society to ensure that girls and women are responsible for emotions and then men get a pass. Mm -hmm. So that was the quote from um, this woman in Pennsylvania. My husband is a good man and a good feminist ally. I could tell as I walked him through it that he was trying to grasp what I was getting at, but he didn't. He said he'd try to do more cleaning around the house to help me out. He restated that all I ever needed to do was ask him for help, but therein lies the problem. I don't want to micromanage housework. I want to partner with equal initiative. However, it's not as easy as telling him that. My husband, despite his good nature and admirable intentions, still responds to criticism in a very patriarchal way. Forcing him to see emotional labor for the work it is feels like a personal attack on his character. If I were to point out random emotional labor duties I carry out, reminding him of his family's birthday, carrying in my head the entire school handbook and dietary guidelines for lunches, updating the calendar to include everyone's schedules, asking his mother to babysit the kids when we go out, keeping track of what food and household items we are running low on, tidying everyone's strewn-about belongings, the unending hell that is laundry— 
He would take it as me saying, look at everything I'm doing that you're not. You're a bad person for ignoring me and not pulling your weight. Well, basically, he is. <laughs> Thank you. Um, bearing the brunt of all this emotional labor in a household is frustrating. It's the word I hear most commonly when talking to friends about the subject of all the behind-the-scenes work they do. It's frustrating to be saddled with all of these res- all of these responsibilities, no one to acknowledge the work you are doing, and no way to change it without a major confrontation. What bothers me most about having any conversation around emotional labor is being seen as a nag, says Kelly Birch, a freelance journalist who works primarily from home. My partner feels irritated and defensive by the fact that I'm always pointing out what he's not doing. It shuts him down. I understand why it would be frustrating from his perspective, but I haven't figured out another way to make him aware of all the emotional and mental energy I'm spending to keep the house running. Even having a conversation about the imbalance of emotional labor becomes emotional labor. It gets to a point where I have to weigh the benefits of getting my husband to understand my frustration against the compounded emotional labor of doing so in a way that won't end in us fighting. Usually I let it slide, reminding myself that I'm lucky to have a partner who willingly complies to any task I decide to assign him. I know compared to many women, including female family members and friends, I have it so easy. My husband does a lot. He does dishes every night habitually. He often makes dinner. He will handle bedtime for the kids when I'm working. If I ask him to take on extra chores, he will without complaint. It feels greedy at times to want more from him. Yet I find myself worrying about how the mental load bore almost exclusively by women translates into a deep gender inequality that is hard to shake on the personal level. It is difficult to model an egalitarian household Mm -hmm. for my children Mm -hmm. when it is clear that I am the household manager tasked with delegating any and all household responsibilities or taking on the full load myself. I can feel my sons and daughter watching our dynamic all the time, gleaning the roles for themselves as they grow older. When I brush my daughter's hair and elaborately braid it round the side of her scalp, I am doing the thing that is expected of me. When my husband brushes out tangles before bedtime, he needs his efforts noticed and congratulated, saying aloud in front of both me and her that it took him a whole 15 minutes. There are many small examples of where the work I normally do must be lauded when transferred to my husband. It seems like a small annoyance, but its significance looms larger. My son will boast of his clean room and any other jobs he has done. My daughter will quietly put her clothes in the hamper and get dressed each day without being asked. They are six and four, respectively. Unless I engage in this conversation on emotional labor and actively change the roles we inhabit, our children will do the same. They are already following in our footsteps. We are leading them toward the same imbalance. Quote, children learn their communication patterns and gender roles. Kids can recognize quote-unquote, proper gender behavior by the age of three from a variety of people and institutions, but their parents are the ones that they, in theory, interact with the most, notes Dr. Ramsey. So if we want to change the expectations of emotional labor for the next generation, it has to start at home. For parents, this means making sure that one spouse does not do more of that type of labor than the other. Speaking in terms of how emotional labor is currently divided, girls will hopefully learn not to expect to have to do that labor, and boys will hopefully learn not to expect females to do that labor for them. Children watching parents share that emotional labor will be more likely to be children who expect that labor to be shared in their own lives, end quote. 
I know it's not going to be easy for either of us to tackle the splitting of emotional labor, nor do I ever expect it to be completely equitable. I'll admit that I probably enjoy certain types of emotional labor far more than my husband, like planning our meals and vacations. I'm also more skilled at emotional labor on the whole because I've had my entire life to practice it. Mm -hmm. But if we're lucky, he's got a whole lot of life left to hone his emotional labor skills and to change the course of our children's future. Our sons can still learn to carry their own weight. Our daughter can learn to not carry others. And that's the end. I feel like uh, some of our listeners who have children and uh, uh, partners who aren't splitting equally the emotional labor mm. of the household were probably like, yes. Yes. Pounding their steering wheel. Oh, Lisa, can I share with you what happened when I read this article two years ago? You spontaneously burst into flame. I burst into flame. And when I emerged from the ashes mm-hmm. as a small bird, mm-hmm. um, I first called my sister and was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think we both, like, freaked out about this article because I never oh, had— this thing flew around social media. It flew around. And since, there have been so many other articles. And by the way, um, I will put links to a few that I particularly love. There's this brilliant cartoonist has drawn— what an imbalance of emotional labor looks like via cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it's it a picture really speaks a thousand words. Mm-hmm. It's such a joy to scroll through this. And it's funny and poignant at the same time. I will put links to that in the show notes um, and links to another article about emotional labor and the mental load. Um, so there's a lot that has spawned from this. This really has spawned a conversation. But for me personally, I was really feeling this in my relationship in 2017. So here's a conversation that would happen a lot. Hey, Zach, I'm going to Trader Joe's. Do you need anything? No, I'm good. Sounds like a typical conversation. But in those three words, no, I'm good. He has just put the entire load of figuring out all of the groceries to bring into the house, the meal planning, what are we out of, do we need toilet paper, is he low on half and half, do we have enough coffee, are we running out of Band-Aids, yeah. like, it all falls to me. Yeah, we even though he about thinks, Yes. Yeah. Even though he thinks it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, and I think I think we brought up the mental load quite a bit in um, the Five Languages of Love episode, so if some of this is sounding familiar, it, it does come up in that, that um, book, but... And also, I, at the time, I knew how to wash every single piece of his laundry, right? And it's not like we ever sat down and was like, cool, I'll take over the laundry and you do that. We just sort of fell into these roles, which is really interesting. Um, And he, I didn't trust him with my laundry because I've got stuff that can't be dried. Or if you put my bra in the dryer, it's all fucked up and then bras are expensive. You know, it's this whole thing. And so, but I was feeling very frustrated. And as I was ruminating on this article and all of these things, because it it was like, honey, don't forget, we've got to send a card to this person and I RSVP to that. And it really is so much unseen So in addition to working full-time jobs, trying to make our way in the world, take care of ourselves, a lot of times women or or whoever in your relationship dynamic that that tends to handle the bulk um, of household duties and those sorts of things, that that it's a whole extra thing. Yeah. And and so a few things happened. First of all, it got me angry about any man who says. 
you know, like, oh, no, women really, like, can't, they can't handle a lot of responsibility at high levels, et cetera. Like, even thinking of, like, say, movie execs, really high-level movie producers. Who the fuck do you think produces Christmas? Uh-huh. Who do you think gets everybody around and decorates the house and does all the presents and cooks all the meals and makes sure everybody has a place to and stay? And when you take your morning dump, there's always toilet paper. Who yeah. produces that? Right, right. So a couple of things happen. So I tried to talk with Zach about it because this this is where it gets so nuanced, right? Because if you have a partner who is loving and helpful and is willing to do anything you ask and just hasn't been trained in that way, for someone to go, you're not being a good partner, feels like such a stab to the gut, you know, just terrible. And so... um we fought. We fought when we had this conversation. And I said, listen, please read this article and just, I just, please, like, have an open mind. Think about it. So after everybody had calmed down a couple days later, we started talking about it. And I explained the Trader Joe's thing, et cetera. And um, to his immense credit, he started picking up a lot of the emotional labor. And by the way, it's emotional labor to train someone in emotional labor. I, I don't know a better word right now than train. Um, I don't mean that as a as a demeaning thing, but to go, oh, yeah, th- this is how I view our house. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I take stock of. This is, you know, you know. do you know how much half and half you go through? I don't think you even do, you know? <clears throat> um, I When I lived in Chicago and I was working as a consultant, I was dating this guy for a while and I left work late and I was taking a cab and um, I was talking to him and I was like, well, do you want me to come over? Like, should I come over? And he was noncommittal. And I was just like, whatever. Fuck off. We were like, fine. Yeah. You know, we were fighting and I hung up the phone. And I remember this cabbie. <laughs> she was Jamaican and she was like, that's your boyfriend? You know, I'm doing an Irish. <laughs> She's like, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of, yeah, man. She's like, is that your boyfriend? I can't get it's out of an fine. Irish. I love it. I love it. And be Irish. Uh-huh. And um and I said, Yeah. And she's like, How long have you dated him? And I said, Oh, you know, like three months. And she goes, She turned around on Lakeshore Drive, she turned around and stared me in the face. And I was like, What? And she goes, You have to train him or you'll never be able to tolerate him. Oh no. And I have <laughs> never forgotten no. that. I've never forgotten oh, that. Oh my God. I just yeah. Ha- she goes, girl, you have to train him or you'll never be able to tolerate him. Right. And I think like when... And it's the time I was like, I don't ever want to train him. But she's not wrong. Yeah. And I think I think like what we mean by train is like make aware of needs, make aware of what our expectations yes. are as a great partner. That's what she Show meant. how, advocate for how we like things done. Yeah. And show up for our partners. Yeah. You know, so. Teach people how to treat you. Thank it you. It is training. Thank you. Teach people how to treat so you. So here's where it gets complicated. And I've talked at, about this at length with some of my friends who really feel this way. When you have kids in a really busy life and there's so much going on and you're stressed to the max, when someone's learning any new skill, mistakes are going to be made. Of course. So this is where we, as the people who are taking on most of the mental load, have to not sabotage our own selves. Here's what I mean. I was talking with a close friend of mine, and she said, oh, my God, if my husband would ever do the laundry, like, 
if he would ever, it would be so big, but he, no, he's going to fuck it all up. He's going to shrink my silk blouses. He's going to do this. I can't, there's too much going on. I can't do this. So that right there is like, okay, you're not giving your partner a chance to learn these things and show up for you. So anyway, I said, you know what, Zach? I'm going to let you figure out what we need for groceries. I'm going to, I'm going to, you can take stock of the fridge. You can do whatever you need to do. I'm going to let you figure it out. And he, he was so gung-ho and was like, awesome. I'm going to Vaughn's. Da, da, da. Don't tell me what we need. I'll figure it out. And then he'd come back and I'd go, awesome. Like, awesome. This is great. Amazing. You didn't get the coffee that we need. You didn't get half and half, and I don't eat that kind of cheese. And he's like, oh, shit. You know, and I'm like, we really need laundry detergent, and you didn't notice that. You know, and so he's like, fuck, oh, fuck, I got to go back. But it's also like when someone is – it becomes this really delicate thing, or at least it did in my relationship, where it's like you've got a willing partner. You are giving yourself the space for this, and you're still going to need to give them feedback. Yeah. So it's about your partner and you do have to walk this very delicate dance of I appreciate what you're doing and it's still not good enough or like you still need to improve in these It's ways, so hard because what I'm noticing is I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. that feeling and I love that, you know, but I also have to acknowledge he was willing to learn. He didn't say, hey, would you mind going over this list I made before I Oh, you I know leave? what? No, no, no. That did happen. This was a couple years ago. That definitely did happen. And I would say, and I took him around and I was like, do you see how, like, I always check the closet. Do you see there's only two rolls of paper towels left? We got to do that. I don't want to run out of things. It's all about anticipating needs. And then, like, we would do a few loads of laundry together and I'd be like, I don't dry this. Anything that is fuzzy like this, don't put in the dryer. Anything that feels like silky or polyester will just hang dry. You know, that kind of thing. And it was... It was a sore spot. It was a learning curve for both of us because we were both inconvenienced. I felt like a bad partner because I kept giving him feedback on how to improve on this thing he's trying so hard at. He felt like a bad partner because he wasn't doing it right and was feeling so inadequate. So we were both pretty sensitive. But here's the fucking cool part, right? He became so aware. He then became even more appreciative of things I did. Uh, you know, or if I would just take the initiative and do something, because he'd be like, but it's so much work. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been doing this whole time. Right. But it also made me go, I could have asked for this sooner. Mm, I could have made mm-hmm. this aware. You know, we have to take responsibility for this in in our relationships if you're with a partner who's willing to do that. And I would like to sing his praises. It, it was not easy. And it was ongoing. I mean, for like six months. I mean, think of like, you know, how often do you really go through the fridge and clean out everything that needs to be thrown out? Like old condiments and jelly jars old and whatever. Condoms. Or like clean. The, that's right. All those condoms you keep in the fridge because everybody knows longer. why. They I don't have to longer. say it out loud. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, there's still things that come up. So um, and there's and, and the, the truth is I still do more of the mental load, he's had less practice or if he's busy at work, you know, I just will take care of it and I'll do it. Or if he says, if I go, do you need anything at Trader Joe's? And he goes, no, I'm good. I go, Zach. And he's like, okay, let me think about it. You know, but, but also he doesn't like to keep mental lists of things. So what we did is we got an app that we can share. Mm -hmm. It's a grocery list Mm -hmm. and I can add to it. When I notice we're missing something, he can add to it. And then whoever has the time to go to the grocery store will do it. Thank God for technology. No, seriously, because it can really help. But um, I'm, I'm glad to say that Zach knows how to do 
every single piece of my laundry now. If I if I have been out for the day, sometimes I come home and all my shit's hanging or folded or whatever. And he's like, I did the laundry. And it's it's not a thing. It's not like, oh my God, amazing. Thank you. I'm like, dude, you rock, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Because, you know, we're we're trying to be equal partners. And the one other thing that I want to bring up is he used to say a lot of the time, I'd go, hey, thank you. Thanks for cleaning up dinner. And he goes, I'm happy to help. And I would go, Mm-mm. no, no, no. I hate that phrase. You saying you're happy to help implies Means. you're doing me a favor, that it's my job and you're doing me a favor. I said, no, no, no. You're happy to be an equal partner. I think this is great. And I feel like the easy way to kind of make it um, more palatable, if, if anybody out there is like, how do I even do this? How do I? It's really hard to it have is. these conversations. It's to just remember that, like, we're all victims of this. We're yes. all victims of this patriarchal system, right? Yeah. And these gendered roles. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it isn't his fault that he didn't know how to do laundry. It yeah. isn't his fault that his natural reaction is, I'm happy to help, because I'm yeah. sure that's what was modeled for him. Well, and he, he knew, yes, and he knew, he knows how to do laundry, but not my specific. Right. You know what I mean? But I know what of his can't be dried and what can. Right, but I mean, like, so... You know, yeah, because when typically when um, I'll say it, when boys are taught how to do laundry, it's how they can survive at college. Yeah. And when girls are taught how to do laundry, it's to do laundry for the whole house. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that sucks. And that is on parents to raise their children Mm -hmm. equally, like this woman is pointing out. Yeah. To to raise their, their children to do chores equally so that they can they can become equal partners. Yeah. And, but that requires parents to be aware and that requires them to value that. Yeah, and I, I absolutely... <laughs> and a lot of people don't. And I think, I think all genders can... All genders can anticipate needs more. All genders can look more crucially around and go, what are, th- what are some things that maybe I'm not seeing? You know, if, if you are the person, regardless of your gender, if you're a person who um, does not do a lot of the mental load in your household or emotional labor, you can go, hey, is there something you do all the time that I never take care of? I you can ask not, these questions. I think if you don't do the mental load, you're not even aware that you're not doing it. You're not. It's it's invisible privilege, and mm-hmm. it's something But I, I um, have felt— and this was hard work. This was a long process. Yeah. It was frustrating. We had a few fights about it. Um, but I just want to say, and it, it, there's study after study, and I can attest to this, that when you have cl- even getting closer to equality and equal household work, and this includes with babies. We don't we don't have babies yet, mm-hmm. but I, I have seen friends who fall right into the older dynamic of like if the husband changes a diaper he feels like he deserves a fucking medal while the you know mm-hmm. the mom is is well, in also, with the kids it's all day perpetrated long. in media it's yeah. it is and i've seen a beautiful relationship with um two of my friends who now have two kids where they take turns every single morning letting the other one sleep in and the dad is just all about changing the baby's diapers knows exactly how to fit. Like he he wants to be, you know, a a, a great dad. And if so, if for some reason his wife could not care for the children suddenly, you know, he'd be fine because mm-hmm. he he's all. Of, it's not even oh he knows how to do everything. He loves doing everything, and so I've seen it. But I, I can attest that 
there is more satisfaction in my relationship. I respect Zach more because he he does that. And, you know, and sometimes I have to be like, will you clean out the fridge? And he's like, I didn't even know that was a thing that needed to happen. Yeah. You know, it's so not on my radar. Because yeah. that's not how we, we typically teach men to anticipate needs. We teach them how to advocate for themselves and to let others sometimes handle that. Yeah. So um, thank you for letting me share this. Awesome. I, I know it's it's not a full book, but I just feel like it's so important and to have the language around this. So if you're interested in this, check the show notes for the episode. If you don't know where those are, you literally can just click on the episode and whatever your podcast app is, and they should be right underneath. Just listed underneath. You might have to click one more thing. Just ask Siri. Just ask Siri. Go just Siri, where the, the show notes? notes. Okay. So one more quick thing I'll add is that I printed out from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Mm -hmm, I love them. The American Time Use Survey mm -hmm. by the topic Household Activities. Mm -hmm. And what year is this from? This is from 2015. Fantastic. Because they, only, they don't have like the latest, right. latest data. That's right. Um, so uh, this data includes all non-institutional persons mm -hmm. age 15 and over, mm -hmm. whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Data includes all days of the week and our annual averages for 2015. Travel related to these activities is not included in these estimates. Mm -hmm. So we will post this picture on our Instagram page. But basically, these are it's a little chart of how many um, minutes a day, how much time per day, Men and women share on household tasks as as self-reported as self-reported self mm -hmm. by the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. So basically, what happens is um, the U.S. Uh, the UBLS USBLS goes and gives people surveys mm -hmm. and they fill it out based on and so based on their self-reporting. Um, uh, this is uh, this is what they've broken it down yep. to. Now, spoiler alert. Um, for 2015, women reported two hours and 15 minutes a day. And, of household tasks. Uh-huh. Which include, like, maintenance, lawn and garden, kitchen and food cleanup, household management, laundry, cleaning, food and drink preparation, et cetera. And men have reported, on average, one hour, 25 minutes a day. So we're already in a deficit of, uh, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. And this, this adds up. Fast. If you consider that, well, fifty over minutes the a day, of a year, over a, a week is just is is six hours. Six hours a week. Yeah, I mean, we are talking which is twenty four hours a month. We're talking about three hundred and fifty hours. It's a day a, a month, year. which is twelve, 12 days, days days a year of just of just household chores on top of getting paid. You know, less three quarters of what men do. Um. So, but basically, it's like. You know, women reported um, 29 minutes on food and drink preparation a day. Men reported 10. Uh, women reported 17 minutes on laundry every day. Yeah, but that's women's fault because it doesn't take, listen, they want elaborate salads and it doesn't take long to crack open a beer. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Liz. Trope you City, be, you population could, one. Trope City. Um, and then so women, women reported um, 17 minutes a day on laundry. Men reported five. Yeah, I just have to throw my clothes in the hamper. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, men did uh, report 17 minutes of lawn, garden and house plants while yeah. women only reported seven and men reported 11 minutes a day of maintenance, repair and decoration where women reported four. But in every other category yeah. other than lawn, lawn, garden, house plants, maintenance, repair and decoration, which are just two categories. Yeah. Women beat out men. Um, I uh, am so glad you shared it, and Thank I am super excited. And if you um, would like, I have a 
uh, an, a listener um, communication. It didn't come in via email. It came in via text. I love it. Please. Um, this is from my friend Shara. And she, um, uh, while we were recording earlier, she said, um, Lisa, I just listened to the latest Go Help Yourself and loved it. Oh, Shara. Apologies for taking so long to support, but deaf full in after that. Oh. All I'm hearing in my head today is Abandon hope ringing so loud and true <laughs> in my life and wowee heart eyes emoji. Anyways, big fan and pumped to have another podcast to binge. Always sending you all the love. Thank you, Shara. That is so lovely. I think that's from um, When Things Fall Apart podcast episode I one. I think it's episode one. And we were saying like maybe that's our first merch is <laughs> just like abandon, abandon hope. hope. Go help yourself. Um, um, which feels right. Which does. feels right. It but feels very on brand. This is, this is such a um, a hot topic. So I really want to know if any of you yeah. have tried to have this conversation, if you've had it and it hasn't worked. Yeah. How do you feel in your life? Are you so happy with your role, you know, and you're happy to do all those things? Do you feel like it's not fair? I'm just, I'm just curious. I want to have a dialogue with everybody about it. Um, Here's my dialogue. I am single. And I love that I don't have to manage and negotiate that because when I have to have a conversation about it, it's with myself. Thank you. And I, but I will say on the other side of that conversation, I'm like, cool, there are things that I don't have to handle anymore because I have a partner doing them or we switch off. Yeah. Both are equally valued. Both are great. That's right. Both are great. And also, I think it's, it's also about like, is this a dynamic you have with your sibling? Is this something Oof. you have with your parent? Like, it doesn't okay. just mean— Okay, Misty, that's never going to change. Let's slow your you. roll here. It doesn't mean just, you know, just romantic relationships. <laughs> but um, That's a good point. Yeah, and thank you in advance for subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. Yeah, We love you. We appreciate you. And um, welcome to all the new listeners. Yes. We're so excited you're here. And as always, life, life is, is abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at ghypodcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.